0: I'm Charlie Taylor I'm Ben Carter i run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter I use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture
1: And I'm the director of the Fifth Element While I highlight the fifth element of hip-hop Which is knowledge Shine a light on the fake This way my peeps can't have it all Shine a light on the fake This way my peeps can't have it on.
0: Thing digital, by the way. It's just not bad. <laughs> Towards the end, there was getting a real not a
1: karaoke, not a karaoke set. Honestly, I was going to say it a couple more times just because I was trying to like trying to think of a way to throw in the title, but I just, I was like, Fuck it, <laughs> it just just nah, it's not gonna happen.
0: I'm proud <laughs> of you. I'm proud of you. Pharrell think, would be proud of that
1: falsetto. <laughs> Hi, Ben. How's your week, been? What've you listed this week?
0: I really only got to two projects this week: uh, Moles Monday, and it's yes, going to be—you you. smashed me. It's going to be super quick. I didn't have any real time, and plus, I wasn't—I wasn't particularly enamored. Oh, three projects. I wasn't particularly enamored with the uh, the selection that was on offer this week, especially after last week. You know, last week was incredible. This week, I was—I was looking through the list, and I was like, mm, I don't really think there's anything I want to get to. Uh, I got to Moles Monday, uh, Monday Mixtape Volume One, I think it is. That was really solid, it was not what I expected. Really uh, really agile lyricism and just all over the place, this record, you know, there's bangers on here, there are thoughtful tracks, there are emotional tracks, there are breakdowns, slow burns. It was definitely better than I anticipated, uh, more varied listen than I anticipated. Then we had the new album from Roixop. That was trash. Roixop, not a rapper, by the way, the next two acts are not rappers. But Roixop's a legendary, uh, electronic group and that was really bad. I don't understand these groups like Anathema did the the kind of the same thing. Anathema is more rock, but they just go towards this like really boring bland pop middle ground and Roik Sub did it on here is not you can miss that. And then we had an album from Hot Chip. Uh I forget what it's called. It looked like an EP. It had like seven I didn't write anything down. I've been I've been all over the place this week. I'm not in my obviously in my uh in my in my room. I'm in I'm in another location this week uh yeah it's good the hot chip record it's good it's continuing this dance revival but to be fair uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pin that on hot chip because they've literally been doing this since like 2005 so you know this is just their vibe it's just their energy but yeah it was a bit it was a touch disappointing i didn't get the kind of delicate lyricism and delicate emotional vulnerability that i normally get from alexis taylor the lead singer uh, sometimes he does go on these powerful motivational trips, and they're not always for me. They're not always for me. And I did actually listen to the H album. H, 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 H. <laughs> Somebody else. Full, full of bangers. Full of straight up bangers. It's just banger central. It's banger left, it's banger to the right, bangers in the middle, okay. bangers up, bangers everywhere I looked. I saw another banger. So. <laughs> okay. Take name, from that name three tracks <laughs> I can't name three tracks but <laughs> <laughs> Banger one banger two banger 2.3 <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah that was me Charlie I'm about yourself so I'm sure you got rumble. to the H album
1: rumble <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I got some good, actually I got some decent uh, decent stuff um, uh, so start off a vacation uh, with the next instead of a no uh, East River drive Um. Really, really interesting, kind of just like R&B kind of uh, production, uh, but he's rapping over most of it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this record. I think um, he's got some really good stuff going on. I think he's got really good style to himself, uh, to his artistry. Um, I don't know how I found him, just one of those that just came across, and I was, you know, fuck it, follow it. Um, And, yeah, no, it's just really good stuff. Um, I love the interludes. they just really... Uh, they just have this. They break up. They break break up the now album uh, very nicely. Even though you know it's just under forty minutes, so you know it's not really like there's any particular need to break it up in that sense. Um, but regardless of that, they are they are um fine. Uh, a couple of bonus tracks as well. Uh, well, a bonus track. It says there in brackets. But um, when when it gets to the past, I think when it gets passing in and loose so like Hagen does uh, the title track yesterday. Uh, just really good stuff. Um, really good bars, and um, yeah, just really, really chilled. Um, definitely one for the longest of uh, on the album list. Uh, India Sean. Uh, before we go brackets deeper. Um, technically a deluxe uh, deluxe album. Um, this is um a kind of a deluxe edition of her before we go. Um, just without the brackets deeper. Um, but she's actually done it in a very interesting way where. Um, While well, she has, uh, I think the initial album was like seven tracks. Uh, yeah, seven tracks. So you know, kind of, kind of, an, kind of not an album, you know. But uh, you know, you, you know, we can battle about that. You know, twenty-six minutes, seven tracks on the, on the initial. Um, but this one is a uh, fourteen tracks, fifty-one minutes, much better. Um, and you know, you have a uh, because features here. Uh, Black on not too deep was actually f- uh, fine for me personally. Um, usually, I'm not really into him uh and moving on <laughs> yeah shout to six like. uh, Corey uh henry on patience uh unknown mortal orchestra on too sweet Ooh, nice she's um, just got really she's got really just nice uh sty- really nice personal r and b uh style um i was trying to think of comparisons um and there probably are you know some that you can throw out there um but i, I just choose not to on this front i think she has a really uh, solid, um, uh, unique style about her. Uh, really good songwriting. Really, just love the production. Really nice, really wavy. Uh, and yeah, just really, re- real nice bump in the whip kind of, tr- uh, kind of album as well. I feel. Um, so yeah, nice, interesting deluxe edition. She also actually, um, uh, broke the album down, um, and changed the track listing in some way. So it's not like one to seven and then just some tracks added on like most people do with their deluxe albums. Um, she actually. Uh, sprinkles sprinkles the uh, the 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 initial uh, projects um, in between other new tracks. So I prefer that. I, I like that. If you, and it's, it I haven't listened to the initial uh, version, but I can imagine it sound. It, it comes off as different, and I respect that. I respect you know trying to make it different in that sense um, and different any in any way you can do it. So uh, respect to India Sean on that one. Definitely one for the analyst again um and lastly larry june spaceships on the blade um i haven't listened to uh larry june album until now mm. um i've seen him i've seen him about right i've seen him, he did like a project with harry fraud he's done you know production for a lot of people um been busy in the past few years um so you know i, I kind of wanted to just i saw he had he had a solo coming out so i was like you know what perfect time let me give this a spin so it's kinda fifty of 50-50 for me. Um I and the fifth and it's very <laughs> and the line demarcation is very uh obvious. Uh the positive fifty is the production, solid production, really like his chops on that front, um, really like his style. Uh very again, kinda of bumping the whip, uh, very chills, um, but lyrically and also just um performance wise. I'm not really into him. I feel like he just sounds a little bit just unenergetic about things and i know there's a there's a fine line between sounding unenergetic and just chilled but he comes he falls into unenergetic for me um it kind of just i'm just like <laughs> what's going on here like will you, will you, you know, where's the, where's the energy here i'm not expecting denzel curry but like, where's the energy here um so yeah, you know, solid features. Um, actually, he actually gave me currency vibes initially, and and then currency came up. I was like, oh well, there you, there you go, um, obvious there. Um, and judging by the album covers, um, you know, and and obviously the lyrics themselves, a lot of uh, uh car, uh, uh, car talk. Uh, good features. Two chains on Steel Boomin's cu- calm uh, currency on five five 5.0, calm. Uh, Sid as well. Duckworth. Some good, some good features. Um, but I just felt, uh, he just kind of, I don't know, I just, I, just, I wasn't really into his, uh, style of rapping, I guess, so uh, it's just not my, not my cup of tea, but the production definitely is, so, uh, if he's producing any albums, I might just give it a spin, depending on who's on the other side of the mic. And what I said, we'll jump into our oh, retrospective that Ben's going to carry to heaven and back. <laughs> okay, we're talking about, uh, Shabazz Palaces, um, Seattle-based uh, duo, and um, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is the first time, I, I requested this, um, because I knew Ben was into Japan's palaces before, he's mentioned them before, um, and I just, um, and you think, as a Diggable Planets fan, I would be uh, writing this, and uh, already have spun this as soon as it came out, or whatever, but um, no, it just, it just never came to me, um, just never, just never really got told to listen to it, apart from Ben liking Shabazz Palaces and mentioning it a couple of times over the past few years. Um, But yeah, I feel like this was a good time to just get into it and see what happens. Um, I knew it was going to be esoteric. And uh, yeah, that fit the bill. (laughs) And then some. Uh, So yeah, Ben, what have you got for us on this one?
0: Yeah, well, Shabazz Palaces is, of course, an extension on our classic episode. I actually listened back to that episode, Diggable Planets, and I enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot from it. Um, Yeah, I mean... Ishmael Butler was Butterfly in Diggable Planets, but when that group had run its course in the late 1990s, Butler retreated. He actually spent time studying film at New York University. He began working on solo material, and in a really weird coincidence, he would pop up at the end of the video for Lucini by Camp Lowe, the group we spoke about last week. He actually appears as a feature on the B side of that record, Swing, which was released in 1996. Now, when he said he spoke to Passion of the Weiss about this connection, and they met this is this is really so when i first heard camp low it was on cooley high so everyone was saying oh there's this guy he sounds kind of like you i remember going to the record store listening to it being like oh okay yeah he's got his own thing i was driving down to see my dad in virginia and when you're driving up and down the east coast there's all those maryland houses so i pull into one of those and his van pulls up behind me to get gas and it's them suede and chiba they jump out of the van, and I was driving my drop-top Beamer, and they're like, yo, yo. And that was the first time we met. Ever since then, we've become really cool. So I kinda like that. And and the thing is that during this period, Ishmael Butler was off the map, off the radar, off the grid, like he was barely doing any features, like five or six, a handful of features in the next five years. Now, a KEXP podcast, I'll link it, um, stated that uh, music was being made in silence by Ishmael Butler at this time. And it seems like his next decade was one that was kind of hampered by challenge and difficult life experiences. Uh, Passion of the Wise stated that his exile wouldn't come to an end until 2003. But during this period, he did record a fully fledged solo album, which was allegedly shelved by a label uh, in an interview with Toddy Jones. Butler said, I did a couple of different albums for different labels and they didn't work out. The albums never came out. Music and everything continued, but the business part of it slowed and fucked me up. It's really not that simple to release them. So there was a guest spot in 98 from drum and bass group Four Hero. Uh, There's also an attempt to transition into acting. Apparently Butler had known Dream Hampton, the legendary filmmaker who you may know recently via the surviving R. Kelly documentary. Now the KEXP podcast episode fresh fresh off the spaceship Actually, spoke to Dream Hampton about Butler's dalliance into acting, and she said, We co- collaborated on my first film out of film score, I Am Ali. He starred as someone who was opposite. Uh, mr ellis who like in all these things right now ish plays that role like incredibly and just like the collaboration was everything i dreamed it would be and then he went back to making music like ish could have then at that point go to hollywood he could have gone to la and just like that posted and gotten gigs but obviously as you know his first love is music so he actually returned to seattle after this uh film like you know the film kind of dally on's and he grew up in Seattle, and he returned there for two reasons. Firstly, his mother sadly became quite ill, and it was this that caused him to live what he described as a hermit's life for much of the 2000s. In a complex interview, he, he described his life in the 2000s as a hermit's life. Secondly, he told KEXP that he'd already traveled the world with Digable Planets and returning home, he realized how much he missed it. Seattle, of obviously not known for its hip-hop history, not at all, far more entrenched in the rock scene. And this return prompted a serious period of creative block for Butler. He told KEXP, musically, I was in a funk. So we did get Cherry Wine, which is a genuine band focusing heavily on moving a little bit away from Digable Planets and more towards funk, rock and R&B. The album did okay critically, but it wasn't enough to convince Butler to focus on it long term. KEXP does note that Cherry Wine has a strong bridge into Shabazz Palaces. Thaddeus Turner, for example, who performs in the Cherry Wine record. He regularly plays with Shabazz live. Um, Yeah, there's also a little curiosity in this story. I found this interesting. Ishmael Butler is credited as Butterfly Butler on The Seed 2.0 by The Roots, one of my favorite songs of all time. He's credited as a musician and a guest drop-in. I, I didn't know that, you know. He also uh, works with Jeff Beck during this period. Now, the beautiful part of this story is the introduction of his partner, Tendai Marare. Morare? Morare. Now, when Isha's mother passed away, his friend Tendai encouraged him to keep creating. Here's an interview from Complex in 2014. Tendai, of course, being a second member of Shabazz Palaces. Uh, Butler said, I got back from Seattle from New York around 2005. My mum passed away and I was disoriented, disenchanted. I felt depressed. I didn't really have any musical aspirations. I was mourning. I met Tendai during that time and became friends and didn't do any music, even though he knew I did music and I knew he did music. I wasn't really into it, but he was always encouraging me to get into it, had me on a couple of tracks off his album. I don't really remember the day or if there was some moment where it all changed, but he just kept saying, you should get back into it. So I always had my equipment and stuff and be working, but one day I just decided to start putting stuff together. So Tendai is Zimbabwean, and he moved to Seattle as a young child. Now his father is the legendary Zimbabwean musician, uh, Dumasani, aka Dumi, who is credited as being the master of the Mbria, which is an instrument traditional to the Shona people. Now, Dumi is the man that they credit bridging the gap between the music of the Shona people and North America, a quest that Tendai has taken up with vigor on his own. Now, his various projects, Tendai's various projects since Shabazz Palaces have centered on bringing African music into the limelight in North America. He put together a huge art exhibition in Seattle called African Renaissance in 2016. He created the Zimbabwe Project with collaborator King Brit. And in interviews, he's eloquent and evocative. He speaks beautifully about his native country and how to create closer connections between America and Africa. But yeah, these two became friends and they started collaborating together. And it pulled Ishmael Butler out of his creative funk. And then we got... Shabazz Palace's and uh we get their debut album and you know it's it's obvious that it was always gonna come at some point. Ishmael Butler is an incredibly creative person. He just needed the right thing and, and this was the right thing and they've been doing this now for eleven years. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like uh it's putting it too mildly, I think, uh when uh I think praising uh just the commitment to creativity on that front. Um I feel I mean, especially when it comes to this. <laughs> I mean, uh, there was a uh, two uh, EPs um, in 09 and uh... Uh, both '09. I think they um, were both yeah, 09. both nine, I think yeah, yeah. I'll talk about yeah. Them so um, yeah, those yeah. Was, those were, those were there were those. Um, and that, that was that was. I, I I messaged Ben. I was just like, I'm I'm just I'm. Uh, there was. I came to a point where I was just like, I'm just gonna stop trying to get it <laughs> and to just, uh, just vibe, uh, because it's it's so. This requir- this shit requires, and just a heads up if any if you're like me and uh, uh, went into this week not spinning any Shabazz palaces, um, you're gonna need to spin this shit at least like two three times to even like remotely get get it. Um, but when listening to them, um, I, it immediately came up to that. But um, Black Up is the first one, 2011. Um, critical darling in some mm. ways uh well in a lot of ways uh a3 metacritic four star la times uh oh whoa whoa, whoa what is this Wait, a minus from msn music for oh, big up MSN music. <laughs> big <laughs> hey, up the, big up
0: the <laughs> shout out msn back in the day you guys are too young yep. msn was yep. where it was at Yep.
1: what the fuck do you lot know about msn bro um Honestly, I was there for like a year and then Facebook came and I was just like okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was barely on it. Um uh, but yeah, anyway. Uh, a lot of our end of end of year album lists uh number 1 the Seattle Times uh a fucking 170, 179 on best albums of p- uh, 2010s from Pitchfork. Uh 179. Uh 14 on 2011 Alone. But yeah, uh why I appreciate I think about the entire discography about Shabazz Palaces, and you can't say this. Um, for you know, when I was listening, I was just thinking, okay, this is the this is the exact same anxiety of not getting it in the same way I listened to Fly Fly and Lotus. I was just like, I I'm I'm I'm, I'm help someone help me, <laughs> someone help me get this. Um, but the thing I love about Shabbat's Palaces, and especially I'll say this album in particular, it's so 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 short and sweet. It's mm-hmm. like what 35 minutes mm-hmm. it's it's so I knew you'd like that it's, it's so it's, it's so lean it's so le- bro if this was an hour i would die honestly it's just it, it's too much you know what mm-hmm. i mean but i i appreciate how lean this album is it, and and the rest of them are pretty lean as well um but especially this one um 10 tracks 35ish minutes the titles are fucking wild like a tr- this is a title okay an echo from the hosts that profess infinitum another title a treatise dedicated to the avian heiress from the north east and brackets 1000 questions one answer and another one here endeavors for the never brackets the last time we spoke you said you were not here i saw you
0: though <laughs> <laughs> i love that one
1: what When? I mean, this like, is
0: like this is like post these are genuinely post-rock this is the post-rock thing they always do this like okay. mogwai they do yeah. these like really long descriptive but they're usually songs without lyrics so the description comes from right. the title but yeah i found sure. it fa- these are fascinating
1: these yeah just all of the all of these are just crazy names like, is this, apart from maybe yeah you <laughs> 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 the rest of them are just just nuts, um, in some way. But pertaining to the music itself, um, I think the one thing that came across for me when listening to this for the first time was uh I think the minimalism and even but even why while it was minimalist, there was still just things going on. And I feel like that's what it's one of those it's one of those albums and I think Shabazz Palace is one of those uh, artists uh, that when when you listen to it, you get something fresh every time that you just didn't clock the first time. It may come from the lyrics and that's definitely going to be me And <laughs> whenever I listen to this again I'll be like, oh okay, lyrics Right, I forgot that existed because sometimes it just went straight with, most of the time it went straight over my head, I'll be real um, but then even production wise I feel like even though it was so minimal in places, most of the time I feel like listening to it again. It comes across like, oh, when was that there? Was that there before? It's and it's it's always interesting. It's like it's like opening it's like opening a bar of chocolate, but the chocolate tastes different just a little bit every time. You know what I mean? It's like when you when you have a drink as a Ute, and then you have a drink ten th- that same drink ten years later, and it's like, oh, this tastes different because your, your taste buds your taste buds change or whatever. Not the best analogy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you just you just listen to it and it feels different somehow. And I think that's what I get from this. Um, and I assume that's what people also get, hopefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not the only person that gets that. But it is very intricate. The structures are very just... Uh... Abstracts. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to desperately not to say that word. Uh, this this episode because I feel like I can just easily just say it's abstract, guys. There's a lot of cop outs you can. There's a lot of cop out words you can make for this. Uh, for this episode, but I'm gonna try and say them all at least once. Um, but yeah, definitely that. And um, yeah, it's definitely. It's it's just worth listening to again. You know, because it's weird. It's different. And for some reason, that entices. Uh, me personally, um, but it might not for everybody. You know, mm. it it might just be because I I've you know there's there's plenty of albums that you listen to that, that you know classed as experimental this and it's just like noise to you, but this is this I don't consider this noise to me. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting album for sure. Very lean. got very mm. lean
0: yeah so black art pirates of this they actually dropped as charlie said two eps shabazz palaces and of light and both projects are what well, i would say i don't know if you feel the same way charlie they, they sound far more conventional than what would happen over the next like 12 years i felt like these when i was listening to i would never heard them before i've listened to their whole discography except for these eps and i was like wow this is um this is quite straight laced for them like i i wasn't expecting that <laughs> but like could, but, yeah, yeah
1: conventional
0: yeah a little bit more conventional quote not, marks not quite as abstract you know but look ishmael you gotta remember ishmael butler is a famous hip-hop artist one of the part of one of the defining 1990s hip-hop groups tendai has rich musical heritage but rather than drop these two eps with fanfare they actually dropped them cloaked in mystery i'm going to read a little bit of from black arts legacies on ishmael butler they said the cds were packaged in a cardboard sleeve featuring intricately embroidered patches, there were no liner notes or images of the artists anywhere. In a 2022 podcast series, Butler says of this time, it was never really about secrecy as much as it was about letting the music speak for you. I wanted to lead with the music. Now these EPs led to recognition from the legendary Seattle label Sub Pop. And I think this is a key part of the story because Sub Pop of course exploded into ubiquity thanks to the Seattle grunge scene and mainly Nirvana who changed the entire landscape of commercial rock for the next 15 years. You read anyone's uh, autobiography from the 90s, they'll just say Nirvana just changed the game forever. They have not signed many hip hop acts at all sub pop. Okay, so I went through their website, I went through all the, the 275 acts listed on their Wikipedia page. Two are hip hop acts. And you couldn't really call Shabazz Palace's hip hop, right? They're all over the place. They also signed Clipping, but you know why they signed Clipping? Because Ishmael <laughs> Butler became an A&R at Sub Pop, and he signed Clipping. So, like, that's the crazy thing. Like, that's, you know, that's that was the influence of uh, of what Pretty Shabazz Palaces were doing back then. And, you know, Black Up was the must-listen for anyone fascinated with alternative hip-hop. You know, around this time, it was basically Space Goes Purp, Shabazz Palaces, Cities of Viv, and, you know, some of Lil B's wild stuff like Rain in England that was, like, really satiating the blogs But Shabazz Palaces stood above all of them because of the musicality of the members. Now Butler told Complex about this experimentation. He said, I think maybe late in my 20s, I started to realize that categorization of music, though I understand it as something that's necessary in a marketplace, isn't necessary creatively. Music doesn't need definition. Music didn't call itself hip hop, someone else coined it that. Now, as Charlie said, the song titles read like they came from a post-rock band and wherever you expect a song to go next, it goes somewhere entirely different. There's warm brass, there's stripped back percussion, there's some woodwind, some straight up hip-hop numbers. I actually feel like the final track is the most listenable with a beautiful guest spot from The Satisfaction, but they couldn't resist the temptation to destroy the instrumental at the end, which is fitting for the ending of such a sonic left turn. And I actually feel like The first track, Free Press and Curl, is the least listable on the album. Um, You know, that's what's crazy about it. Like in 2011, I, I fawned over the fact that they were probably purposefully putting the least listable first and the most listable last. But, you know, having listened to the rest of the discography, I wouldn't say it was done intentionally to fuck with the listener. I think they just did it because that's what it was. And lyrically, it tracks the same direction as *Diggable Planets, but with even more vigor and aggression. You know, the discordant sounds create this environment for the listener to never feel safe or comfortable or at peace. You never know where a song is about to go. And it means every chanted lyric and every snippet of vocals has your undivided attention, and I think that's masterfully done. And the perfect album for 2011... You know, as mainstream hip-hop went down the lasers route and rock was going in a horrible direction, you know, rock, it, its latest iteration was lo-fi. And if you know much about rock and you're on the blogs in 2009, you know, real estate, beach fossils, Kurt Vile, uh, Girls, Woods, Youth Lagoon, honestly, of all those acts, Girls is the only group remotely worth your time. The rest were horrible. Rock was in a place so devoid of interesting acts. We were ready to proclaim Mumford & Sons as the second coming. Like, people were thinking that Mumford & Sons were like, Oh my God, they're doing something so new and different. Bro, that's how bad, down bad Rock was in 20, 2010. So, in 2011 oh, was bad. a year of the blog. As Charlie said, you know, this, this album was on a million lists and... Pitchfork had finally grown up. They'd stopped posting nasty memes and racially charged shit post reviews. Uh, Anthony sure Fantano began to show independent reviewers had a voice. Mojo, Q, Spin, Rolling Stone—they were all prevalent. It was an oversaturation of subjective opinion, and Shabazz Palaces kind of revitalized three genres without consciously doing so, which is, of course, the coolest thing ever, and was reported on by every blog in the land to be the greatest thing since. I don't know, sourdough rice, sliced bread. Like, you know, it was it was cool for hipsters back then and, and Black Up was just yes, yeah, my my youth, man. I was twenty three when that came out. I remember it so well. Beautiful album.
1: Fair play. Um uh right, next one is uh, le, le, a Les Les
0: Les Les Majesty. Lay Majesty, I would assume.
1: Lay Majesty? Uh okay. Well one of us knows French. Um but yeah.
0: We uh Majesty. <laughs> the only french boulou the only boulou. french i uh i know je français and when i went to france they don't expect they don't accept that i'm like je parle pas, pas français and they're like brruh, brruh. i'm like no i i just told you i don't speak french they yeah they don't like it when you don't speak french
1: only one only one i know is if you know you know if you know, you know. If you, right. know, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you know, if you know, you fucking know. Um, first of all, extremely sad. There was no uh, rating from MSN Music on this one. Oh no! Absolutely, MSN
0: rate. went <laughs> defunct in the in the interim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so heartbroken. Um, but of all places, Entertainment Weekly like reviews <laughs> stuff. Really? Like a few. I saw that. Yeah, it's a, it's a B plus. Believe it or not? Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Hey man, respect to Entame Weekly, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um. someone someone had a pitch going. and They were just yeah. like, oh, yeah. That's someone was just trying to get a pitch in, and yeah, Entain Weekly they took it. So, um. But yeah, much more um, much more of a psychedelic. Uh, I think uh, lean towards this one. I'm not. I, I like the. I like the breaking up. It has it on the, on the Wikipedia it has it broken up into suites, um, which is interesting. And I was trying to like follow it within the suites. And I feel like that um benefited me more while listening to it. Cause it just gave me some uh I don't know, some landmarks, so to speak, you know what I mean, just while travelling through this album. I will say my least favourite track of the discog- of the entire discography is on this album, and that is hashtag cake. Um, <laughs> you don't like cake. I, I just it, it's just it's just the it's just the way he's saying it. And I don't mind I mean, the production kind of just fluctuates like four times throughout the whole track, so I can't really say the production's band or anything, but there's just one in particular motif that he does within the track that just... Eat cake. <laughs> just, I just... I, just uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sit with me the right way. It's not like trash or anything. It's just It just doesn't sit with me. It just makes me feel weird when listening to it. I was, just, I was, just, I was working while listening... And that track came up, and I was just like looking at it, going, "What? Why? What, what? Why? Uh, uh, why is it? Why is this irritating me?" Um, but past that, I will say I prefer the um, I think the back end of this album more. Um, but funny and actually, no, more the front. Actually, I think before cake, I'm enjoying the album most of the time. Uh, solemn swears. Uh, <laughs> love this name. Noetic noir. M- noir romantics. Om- God damn, fucking great. See, th- th- see, I said this on my podcast I said this on my Um, like uh, this previous week, right? And it was more about. And this is a side note. This complete tangent. Um, but I, I, I was, uh, I was talking about the sashing little feather, the um, the Native American activist who, uh. Uh, went to the Oscars like nearly 50 years ago in place of Marlon Brando uh, to reject the award and basically just highlight you know a Native American representation and then John Wayne wanted to literally physically assault her um, go look it up if you want to look it up right and I was and there were they were I was reading the article for it and they were listening off her stuff um, that she's done like um, acting wise and the names were great and I, it just made me think of how people name TV shows and films right now. Like, you know, no disrespect to Jordan Peele, but us? Nope. Does I, I hate it. It's so basic, it pisses me off. Bring back good name titles. Bring back creative titles. The Maltese Falcon. What a G name. The film, I don't like the film, but the fucking name is G. More of this shit. Same Same with noetic noir, math, noir romantics. It's just... Forerunner foray, I just fucking love it, bro. But yeah, uh, up to up to cake, I was reasonably enjoying it. It took a few tracks past cake to get me back in it. I think around around motion sickness, definitely new black wave, sonic <laughs> sonic myth map for the trip back. Fucking great name. Um, yeah, more to the end, I was kind of getting back into it. But there was just a bit in the middle where I was kind of just lost in space, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the I appreciate the um, the change in pace here, um, much more uh, rooted in the psychedelia. But I mean, shit, you can name so many fucking uh, genres, uh, genre elements uh, in, in in this work. Uh, you know, just saying psychedelic probably is uh, putting it lightly. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting album. It's, it's definitely an interesting album
0: i love it i love it i actually feel like um you know they tightened every experimental element on black up and sent it skyward i think sonically this album is fascinating you know that little breakdown at the end of they come confident yeah it's more confident you know the the breakdown at the end of they come in gold um the stretchy guitars on the ballad of uh lieutenant Maj winnings the the forgotten bass line at the end of ishmael there's like these little tiny you know like things in here man there's impenetrability of diviner of form um you know there's there's random snippets of cake when you think it's going to explode into melody and when it finally does i actually feel like the vocals as charlie said they really hold it back from being a true bop um but i think that's masterful i think that was the point you know it calls back to the super experimental work from groups like maybe orteca who kind of chopped up sound into snippets and just littered them all over albums in an indistinguishable order. It's it's very cool, it's a very cool effect. There was this beautiful article in The Guardian, they asked Butler what his headspace was recording the album, and he said, confidence, freedom, and also the tools, if you will, to achieve not only the shit that was in your head that you were thinking about, but also shit you could never imagine. The combinations of micing and amplification in different rooms and transcendence of the mind, the night and weather conditions, Those things put us in a very ethereal headspace. The fascinating thing about this album is how quick Shabazz palaces are to distance it from black up. And I believe it's for this reason. Uh, When speaking to The Guardian, they asked Butler about his belief that this album was a sonic attack on social media and like me mania. And Butler replied this, he said, I feel like a lot of people's take on this thing is dark and dismal and hopeless, but I see the current state of things as a reality that can be modified. Social media is real and it's not going anywhere. It might change a little bit, but it's gonna be as it is. So I think it's cool when things that would be considered underground and marginal are also understood as being viable. So in my view, what part of what made Black Up so essential was, um, you know, I was on these message boards. I went to those shows. I, I worked for a review website for three years. Part of this was like this. This me mania was was part of me. You know, I was part of this, and it was very cool to be seen on the cutting edge, to bring the music that no one had heard before to your audience. You know, be that friends or family or girls or message boards or whatever. You know, I was bumping Drake in 2007, and that was considered really cool. I brought Shabazz Palaces to my hip hop minded internet friends, and that was considered cool too. So it's a weird but admirable place to begin your next record, to tear down the conventions that made your first so vital to so many people because that's not the point of Black Up. The point of Black Up and the point of Shabazz Palaces wasn't to have the hipsters and the indie kids and the blogs fawn over you. That was not the goal. The goal has been the music the whole time. And so, with this record, they just went in a different direction to their last one, which they would do on subsequent records. It's much less like NERD did it, whereas NERD were kind of like, well, we have to destroy our last record. Like, they did it purposefully, they did it like super intentionally. Shabazz Palaces never did that. They just kept creating and it kept evolving. And, you know, it always had that collective create creative energy to the to the duo and i really like that if we if we try to break this album down conceptually it would take all podcasts like it's too it's too dense you know there's just the numerology alone like there was an interview with ali comigore and um butler talks about the number seven you know seven suites to the album seven songs on their first two eps black up and of light have seven letters and he said it's all of the characteristics of the seven and the numerology behind it. I was also in the Nation of 5 Percenters when I was a little bit younger and they believe seven is a number of God. You know, then there's the snake imagery and the artwork uh, which released was released with the record and that traces back to Butler's friend uh, in India. Um, you know, even the name of the album. And he says, Butler told Coming Go he says, "'I grew up in a pretty revolutionary household, "'both sonically and in that my parents read a lot and they try to impart on me the importance of having a worldview. It seemed like a gold mine with this whole me mania thing that's going on. People declaring themselves kings or ruling over domains based on how many followers you have or how many likes you get. I just felt like this album could be a sonic attack on all of that. And look, the lyrical content is impenetrable, but you know, if you are armed with that quote, you can unlock a lot of it. I did a little bit of a breakdown, but I'm not gonna go into it because it's just dense, man. It's just super dense. Like I've literally one, two, three, I've, I've broken down five bars and I've written two paragraphs on just five bars from the first song. You know, it's going to take you forever. And the thing that impresses me most, again, is the musicality of this record. You know, I've listened to it so many times and I've listened to a lot of music from a lot of different genres. Uh, all the genres that Shabazz Palace has touched on. And, you know, often when one tries to blend genres, their lack of skills in one brings the entire effort down. You know, it's an example would be uh, the the example of the opposite, like Why People Heat Praise on Bricolage by Amon Tobin from 97. He had no ability in jazz. He wasn't a jazz musician in any way. He didn't learn any jazz instrumentation, but he created this beautiful synthesis of jazz and electronica. And that's why it's a classic album because his jazz didn't bring the album down shabazz palace is a it's jazz you know it's rock it's hip-hop it's r&b it's electronica it's funk there's so many and nothing's brings it down nothing there's no weak link there you know what i'm trying to say it's like i'm not listening to it and being like oh man they're trash jazz i'm not listening to it and being like well this is garbage rock you know it's not like that at all and it's just the two of them too like that's crazy man i I love that album
1: yeah no definitely i feel i and it is very much more exemplified i think um on uh the two quasars albums we might as well com- uh, combine them since yeah uh, they're basically companion albums dropped at the same time um I, I i personally i i prefer out the two born on a gangster star mm. um i think the <laughs> I, and <laughs> you mentioned obviously just all the you know genre elements that, um the, the 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 that they've approached encroached on and i feel like that's just so evident throughout this particular album for me personally um uh Fine-O's hairdresser kind of gives me like uh, lyrically especially just obviously these uh r&b vibes but then the neurochem mix really has r&b vibes in terms of production uh moon whip Quas is just absurd like just with the <laughs> it's so crazy how it just comes through uh it comes on speakers personally parallax just has this super just oh just there's an aggro to it um especially in the performance i feel uh from uh from ishmael and um i think the i think along with that this uh it has this angry kind of jazz, these drums coming at you, uh, it's just very aggressive and I just I don't know, I, I just i just really love the uh, I, I love the flavours in this album in particular, this is probably my favourite album out of the bunch uh, just because of that um, fun mention of Thundercat on uh, since C- CYA on the first track uh, apparently did some bass on that one but, uh, for me, just the, especially the, especially the middle of the album, just from like, uh, du Sang onwards, obviously Shine a Light, I think is the most popular, popular track numbers wise, um, in Japan's Palace's discography mm. and rightly so. I think it's a really good song to listen to. I feel it's a really, it's really, um, yeah, it's really breezy. I like the, especially like the, uh, the hook that I attempted to do at the beginning of the episode. Um. It's just very, it's very light. Uh, it's, it's like it's like eating some yogurt. Um, but yeah, man, it just every track just goes into it. every track is its own world to me, and I think that's why I like about uh, this album in particular. Jealous and versus the jealous machines is, um, you know, fine. It's great. <laughs> They're all great, right in their own way. Uh, I I think I said to you, uh, this one made me sad by the end of it, and I don't know why I thought that uh honestly i don't remember why it <laughs> was a few days ago um but i love this name loving the time of Kanye." great name um and that just had this uh i don't know just some of the songs just felt uh low energy not for, not in a not in a, a a derogatory way but it just had this lowness to it uh i'm not sure how to describe it but um, it did have that for me in some places, but you know, I like stuff like Atlantis, the SS Quintessence. Great fucking name again. Um, and yeah, uh, it's just it's it's, it's an interesting uh, putting them together. I think is very interesting. I'd like to have a I don't know like a vinyl version of both of these, just like as a just as like a like a, a package, and just see how it plays from like back uh, back to front. Um, that would be very interesting as a listening experience for sure.
0: I like that you ended on that because that's exactly where I began because in uh, oh, good. I remember being in a local record store pretty soon after that's they dropped it down. and um yeah man I saw them both in there uh, both vinyls but the the the, the price was eye watering I couldn't do it I couldn't justify it was too expensive. Oh, I really? was I was close to buying them but I, I had to eat that. Let's week. see it
1: on Discogs. Let's see what it's going. On. Yeah, go
0: check him on Discogs. But like, yeah, you let's know, set look him up like all good acts i mean if you're going to be considered a legend you have to drop two albums on one day like nelly did it and that solidified his legendary status (laughs) and so you know butler told kxp nelly "Nelly and shabazz palaces you never knew did you uh look the decision to drop two on one day didn't come about until after the jealous machines was recorded Um, And the conceptual pitch of the album is, it's humanity's story being told through the eyes of aliens, AKA quasars, but not necessarily interstellar aliens. Now, Butler told KEXP, he said, really, I think it was a sort of pinnacle of that notion came when you know Trump was running and he was always talking about illegal aliens and people from outside the country and making America great again. So I started thinking like, this is kind of crazy to be 47 or 48 years old and be living this long in an Ameri- in America, but still feeling like an alien in this place by certain groups of people. It starts to sink in in a way and seep into the recording process. He actually told the Skinny, "This is another perspective." He said, "I was trying to think of a perspective to come from with the music and the lyrics. That's why I came up with Quasars as his alternate personality, so I could be an observer and present my discomfort with with things." Now, in 2017, when we talk about the jealous machines, uh, he told The Guardian in 2017, this is what he said. He said, when I was a kid, there was this notion that the machines would take over and there would be these humanoid looking things that would have enough intelligence to subjugate humans. That was the fear. Then one day I realized that if an electricity grid went out in a city, it's a wrap. Motherfuckers wouldn't know what to do. The machines have taken over. They've inserted themselves on everybody's person. And so it's this dystopia that the album represents kind of destroying the notion that Donald Trump is making America great again and even attacking the concept of perspective because great for who? And if it's not great for everyone, it's not great at all. And often I feel Shabazz Palaces are trying to tell me that humanity is fractured through their music and their snippets and the breakdowns and the beat switches and that constant movement, you know, moving parts, moving at random, just the way humans do. And what I think these albums showed to me is They're describing reality and why we feel so ill at ease that we need things like social media. And on this record, they attack drug consumption as well, you know, and we need it because we want to exist as as a connected community, but our own nature tears us apart. And I really do feel like that's the kind of message he was trying to put across here. In the KEXP interview, again, he said, um, there's a collective agreement now that Hey, we are all in this. We all have to have phones. We all have to have email. We all have to have cable. But do we? You know what I mean? So, you know, I find that really fascinating. I really do. I read quite a lot of sources saying that this was a more listenable outing for the duo. Um, but I think the concepts they're trying to distill are so vast that it's not a comfortable listen. It might be more listenable, but it's not comfortable. And I find their evolution fascinating because they're a group that defined the blog era. And that blog era helped propel Drake to thank me later. To come out six years later and issue a press release stating, raising these musics a joy slash cry that weigh into the aquadescent, diamondized ethers of the Migosphere here on Drake World. Welcome to Quasars. Bro, That's what the, that was the, the press release, you know. And that's I, I respect that because... Yeah, look. I mean, if you look at it, this is—it's just—it's so dense. It's so dense. I think Quasars is a brilliant double act. It really is. And you know, a lot of people ask the question. This is a, this is such a common question. If you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? It's got to be a great. It's got to be a group like Shabazz Palaces because, bro, on a deserted island, it's going to take you decades to figure this shit out. Like you're going to be sitting there just. You know, furrowing your brow for the first five years, like, what the hell are they talking about? So yeah, man, this was a very dense conceptual album, but I a double album, but I I love it, and I I don't think it lags. I don't think it's too long at all. I think it's great. What and
1: not H? Okay, um, he Ben kind of gave away that he was poor at the time because I'm seeing them for like a tenor, so. <laughs> Oh, for real? They're cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how shipping would work for you. Bro. Yeah, but that's in the UK,
0: bro. That's, that's There's like... That. There's that. <laughs> I mean, we got to pay like 80 bucks shipping out here. It's insane.
1: <laughs> God damn. that's uh, But yeah, no, some good prices on there. It, might, it might, be, uh, might be worth a shout one day. Anyway, uh, last one is the Dawn of Diamond Dreams. Again, just outstanding fucking name. Funny enough, right? You've been saying for the part, you, you've been saying a couple of times now. Like you thought the EPs were kind of like their most. I forgot the word you said, but like accessible, I guess. Um, paraphrasing, and now you said that in a similar fashion about the Quasar series. I feel like this is the most, um uh, easy. I think uh, to to listen to. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I felt I felt like um. Stuff like a uh, money, yoga, bad bitch, walk in. I feel like it's if if I feel like that was the closest. Th- this album was like the closest to me getting it off first listen. You know what I mean? And not to say I'm the I'm the I'm the uh the what's the word the bellwether for uh you know uh artistic uh <laughs> artistic expression and how deep you are, and contextual layers. Uh, uh, and, and denotations and connotations, right? I'm not, I'm not the arbiter of that. Um, but I just felt like listening to it, and, you know, this ain't a bad thing, you know? It's, it doesn't have... Not everything has to be, uh, you know, in-depth and with uh, onion-like layers, um, but I felt like it was just the closest I got to getting it um, immediately. Um, but, you know, with that said, it's an interesting listen once again, um, i love the i love the last track seven minute red reg walks by the looking glass it's just a that track in itself is like a movie man i i was that I, I was a I was a real interesting listen, for sure uh very 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 fun um but yeah i like the i like the progression uh from from back to front on this <coughs> um uh especially uh, and i and i say i you know, closest to get is Bad Bitch Walking but I actually do really enjoy Bad Bitch Walking. I, I don't know, I just like the uh, I don't know I, I like, I like, I think, the, I think the thing about Ishmael especially is, um and the reason why I enjoyed him on a group like Diggable Planets, um, was because he had this just smooth nature to him similar to, you know, Sonny Chiba, but obviously not exactly the same um, different types of smoothness I guess, but um uh throughout the I think throughout the discography there were times where um he purposefully kind of distorted himself to not sound smooth, if that makes any sense. And there were plenty of tracks where um oh, 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 there was one track, there was one there was one particular track where he just sounded like it just, it just sounded like he was in the mud basically. Um creatively of course. Um but How for else this one I felt
0: <laughs> suit. You you you're thinking about suits? <laughs>
1: um. But uh. Anyway, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, he he just sounded um with stuff like Bad Bitch Walking. You know, I I felt like he just embraced back. He, he kind of. I feel like he took a took a step back. Um. In terms of performance, I won't say overall, but just in terms of performance, he took a step back to more, uh, to more, malleable, uh, ways of um of, of giving himself as uh, as a performer, which I appreciate. Um, as someone that was struggling so fucking hard throughout this week to try and get everything, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it was a it's a nice listen. It's a it's a, it's a solid listen out of the out of the bunch. Um, but I would say, out of all of it, I would think this is the more, um, if someone if someone said which one I should listen to first, I would say this one, um, just because I feel like it's the quote-unquote easiest to listen to, in my view.
0: Yeah, yeah, look, I I actually felt like uh, this is proof, again, that you don't know where Shabazz Palace is going to go next, because, um, and you're right on this, because uh in an interview he actually said they, they they asked him why it sounded more listenable and he said he wants shabazz palaces to be consumed by the biggest audience possible so you were you're 100 percent right in that you know you gotta go got to right so drop
1: please yeah man, it,
0: it, i felt like they kind of regressed their black up sound a little bit on here they, they stripped it back a little bit removed the random beat switches uh but they did kind of fracture the vocals even further I actually don't like this album as much as I think it's their worst album, but it's still, I think it's 7.5 out of 10. Um, what what I expected from this album is kind of what we got on the final track, uh, Reg Walks by the Looking Glass. I always had this feeling that Shabazz Palaces were marching more towards psychedelic rock than anything else, but what emerges on this record is, is not remotely conclusive. Uh, hip-hop seems more prevalent, but so does rock and ambience. That final track is an homage to Butler's late father who passed between this and their last album uh, NME called it NME called it a thinking man's Astro world <laughs> it's got to be one of the Brilliant. most of, one of the most obtuse statements Christ. I've read this year man like typical enemy uh, I think it came because in that interview Butler speaks passionately and eloquently on consumption culture and how he, the death of little Peep was a wake-up call especially as his son is Lil Tracy. Lil Tracy, who is a noted emo rapper, uh, with 1.4 billion Spotify streams, uh, if you want to feel really old, Butler's combined Spotify streams from Diggable Planets and Shabazz Palaces. Do you want to guess, Charlie, if we, if we combine Diggable Planets and Shabazz Palaces, where he might, where he might land Spotify stream-wise? All right, total. Uh, what was Lil Tracy's again? 1.4 billion.
1: So definitely less than that. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, total... Spotify, uh, I'm going to go f- 643 million.
0: 198 million.
1: <laughs> oh my days, wow, okay. So seven I times. really I was being really nice, wow, fuck man. Seven times less I mean, than yeah, his own son. Shabazz so Palace is being lesser, yeah, but yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most I'm of it comes from... Yeah, where was I coming from?
0: Six Do you- Diggable Planets was about 150 and uh, Shabazz yeah. was about 40, yeah. 40, 46. Yeah, man, like oh, uh, out. And and he says in the enemy interview, he says being caught in the past is the most frightening thing I could possibly imagine. Socially, musically, romantically, that's just death to me. I don't understand guys who came in the boot about in the Boombap era, which was revolutionary, wanting to stay there forever. That's whack to me. Um, And I think that that sentiment underpins the heart of Shabazz Palaces and why this album in particular makes that very statement because it's very forward focused yet it touches on every aspect of Butler's career thus far. It's getting more and more listenable um, and I think that that's a good thing because, you know, we saw what NERD did in the middle of their career where they just destroyed their entire career and sound for no reason other than to just to destroy it. And there's a lot of groups that do that. It, it's not an uncommon thing. It's, it's seen to be a very cool thing. It's seen to be a very, it's a very punk thing. It's a very, like, early, mid-80s rock thing to do to just completely destroy as soon as you get any kind of viability or any kind of cool uh commercial relevance just to destroy it and Shabazz Powers just didn't do that. And you know I'm very curious to see how you feel about their career as a whole because I'm finding it hard to sum it up. I mean obviously it's not over yet, but I'm finding it hard to find a through line really.
1: I mean uh considering that um his his entire fucking uh uh st- I mean, obviously, Spotify listens ain't everything, but the fact that he's one tenth of his fucking son's total. One seventh. One seventh. T- one seventh, sorry. Yeah. Is absolutely fucking absurd. Like, it doesn't, that just, just doesn't, that begs belief. Um, uh, oh, okay. Um, sum it up, Charlie. I, right, um, still tough Charlie. one. Um, <laughs> I, I think, obviously, you mentioned the, um, you know blog and stuff like that um i i in my personal summation i wouldn't uh put much credence on i wouldn't put that first thing mentioned uh if i if I, you know if we did like a you know a summary if we're doing a summary of their um, of their discography and, and career obviously that's a that's a big mention that's like a chapter in the book um especially with black up but I think overall, I see Shabazz Palaces as a uh, an an artistic exploration that I think in time will be appreciated more. Mm. Just because there's there's I mean it can't I I I can't imagine people uh just hopping off Shabbat's palaces. If you listen to if you listen to music like this where it's so out of the realm of what you listen to in the mainstream um or even in the underground. This is so alternative. Um it just if you if you if you're into this, you're gonna be into this for the rest of your life. And that 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 that's only gonna grow, right? It's not gonna explode anytime soon. Maybe if somebody puts it on like a TV show or whatever, and people are like, "Whoa, what is this shit?" Uh, maybe put on one of the tracks while someone's having a drug trip or something, and people's like, "Whoa, what is this?" Then maybe right same how like um you know Kate Bush went on the charts again because uh Stranger Things did that thing, something like that I can imagine. But that's the biggest commercially it's gonna get. Um. That's the only scenario I can imagine it where someone just says, I'm a big Shabbat's Palace's fan and I was happy to have a TV show. Um But in terms of just summing up um creatively, I feel like it's a it's an amalgamation of everything that has been popular in the past like sixty years and it's just been smashed together. And I feel like that's a really big um that's a that's a, that's a lot. To say, I think I'm gonna say that again 60 years of so you know, psychedelia, the hip hop, the rock, and everything in between that's a lot to encapsulate. And I find it interesting that they uh, had the wherewithal to actually do that. I feel like that, in that case, it's an artistic success um, to achieve that. And that's just me saying that, um, you know, but I feel like. And the amount of times you've mentioned how many genre elements they've uh they they've they've smashed together throughout these few projects i think it's worthy of sta- a worthy statement to say and i think that's what it i think that's how i'd summarize it in a couple of sentences they 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 smashed fifty sixty years worth of um of uh, of of music and took the uh, and just made it malleable and made it into something fresh. I think uh, I, I can't. I can't think of an artist that delivers genuinely fresh music that you have never listened to before. You know, we we always say that everyone has their own, you know, unique style and something like that, but. There's always going to be a beat that someone uses that sounds similar to this person's beat or whatever, but you're not going to get that with Shabazz Palaces. You can't. It's impossible. I feel that's going to be a. Tu- I mean, if and you know, there's probably people that can that rise to that challenge and because they're so fucking indie, they're all like, oh, actually, I found this uh post rock group from uh, uh you know from this and here they have something similar to this. Fine, sure, go for it. Fill your boots, but I feel for most people, this is just a. Just a whole different food <laughs> that no that you've never eaten before, and um, I've I'm I personally I appreciate the fact that I, um, that it's actually listenable to me because I was very afraid that I wouldn't enjoy it, um, but I actually did for the for the most part for like ninety five percent of the time I actually enjoyed listening to it. Um, like I said, it's a replayable discography and you're gonna get something different every time. There's gonna be something that you didn't clock at first. And it's similar to what you said. If you're on a desert island, it's a good shout to pick because of that, because it's so fresh and because it's so layered, you're gonna get something you're gonna get something new every time. And you know, that isn't that that's good art, bro. <laughs> that's in general, that's just good art. Um, you know, I, I like my Fridays, you know. I like me watching I like watching some Friday. I like watching some Bourne trilogy. And that's all good in itself. But sometimes you wanna spin uh you, you wanna spin a fucking um what's what's Bossman's name that a Russian dude ah, I forgot his name, but um, like like so- Solaris. so like a film like that. You know, you just wanna you just wanna spin something really abstract and really just full of stuff that you can't get first time. And, yeah, man, he just fills that bracket <laughs> and then some for definite.
0: No, I agree. I agree. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I – one of the reasons I did love being part of the blogosphere in the early 2010s was discovering people like Shabazz Palace's duos, like, you know, that, that had never been done before, music that I'd never heard before. You know, the first time I discovered Frank Zappa, I went crazy, you know when I discovered No Wave or Avant Garde or all these these weird Venetian snares, like all these really weird acts. And Shabazz Palaces is 100% part of that. You know, there's very few more abstract groups or sounds that I've ever heard. And yeah, there's nothing. And, and it's very rare to say nothing else sounds like this. It's not a common thing to say at all. Mm-hmm. But nothing else could possibly sound like Shabazz Palaces. And, um, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to label them a hip hop act because they don't particularly want to be labeled that. They don't want to be labeled anything. It's just great music that defies categorization. And in an era where categorization is essential, uh, you know, it's a very oh, brave yeah. choice. So you got to shout them out for that. It's, it's incredible. I, I found I I didn't learn as much as I expected to learn in this episode. I thought what I what my takeaway is. I thought I was going to get more of a lyrical understanding of Shabazz Palaces, and I did when i realized that i couldn't go down that route because i didn't have the time this week i could have i guess but it would have taken me two three four times the amount of research to just get my head around them lyrically and that was the only disappointing thing about this week and that's that's a shortcoming on my end not shabazz palaces end. you know that's because i just didn't have the time or the energy or the uh the ability to break their lyrics down and get a greater understanding of what they're talking about um but that should be like that should be a cue to go listen to them because that's why it's so interesting. It's it's fascinating. If you want to sit down, you want a genuine lyrical meal, which we talk about all the time on here. Shabazz Palaces, that's exactly where it's at.
1: I smell a dissect ripple.
0: <laughs> hey, you know how dip, I feel about Dissect.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, and uh, slap on the wrist. You said abstract once, many times. Alright, let's have fun to a light at uh, night. What's going in, Ben?
0: Uh nothing. Not not much going on. Not much at all. Great. Uh, Great. What do you got? You got something?
1: No, this is I've had I've had a like a busted foot for like the past <laughs> week or so, so oh, I'm just trying that. to keep it trying to keep it chill. Um but yeah, no, I've got a busy weekend. I've just uh, I'm just going London like a few times. Um seeing uh um I'm seeing Apollo Brown uh the next next week, next next week, um, uh, uh with um, Sky Zoo, Guilty Simpson, and Big Poo coming through as well. Uh, gonna see Denzel Curry. That'd uh, be dope. A rough trades. Gonna get an album signed. That'd be cool. See a little show. That'd be cool. Um, and uh, yeah. So it might might hit up another show. Um, for a night, someone interview. Um, but yeah, man. I and I've got like a. <laughs> on that same apollo brown tip oh wait no it is this tuesday isn't it oh damn yeah so as this episode drops i'm seeing so as this episode drops guys i'm seeing apollo brown so uh dear kids um but yeah like i literally have like an interview for just like work interview um on the same day at like 10 30 so i have literally have like nine hours to kill like in london just between that and the show and i i have no idea what the fuck to do apart from like take pictures of places but yeah we'll we'll make it happen but um, yeah man it's just it's been a, it's been a it's been a chill week just been watching just sports and stuff really and just listening to listening to audiobooks doing photography stuff and, and a bit of writing so yeah yeah it's, man it's been it's been, a, it's been a been a chill week. Been a been a chill chill week. Um, uh, we shall not talk about the football. That would be great.
0: Oh, good. I didn't. I haven't watched it yet. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lie on the yeah, couch don't. with yeah, Remy. Let's not do that. let's not do that. Oh, good. Let's that's that. that's a positive thing for me to look forward to this morning.
1: Let's not do that. Ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there. From the Fifth Element Podcast Network, this has been Digging in Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have been trying to say the Fifth Element.
0: Oh, I was so close to getting it up, but it's not going to load in time. It's all say right. Say your I'm... fucking
1: name, bruv. <laughs> I've been banned
0: <Bankara> hip hop numbers.
1: You'll <laughs> 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 we'll have a good week. We should always try to do the same. A very Ben episode next week. How? Oh,
0: I don't know, know if it him. is a Ben episode at all. I don't think it's. It's,
1: it, it's, a, it's a Ben I episode, chose whether it. you like it or not. It's I chose it. That, that doesn't like mean it's not. gonna
0: be. That doesn't mean <laughs> I'm I'm happy about it, Charlie. I chose it. it doesn't mean I'm happy about it.
1: It's a bed episode, and you're gonna and you're gonna take that.
0: It's a work <laughs> it's episode. Like We're doing, doing next week's it's episode, episode. <laughs> for work. This is a work obligation. Charlie's been dragged into my work obligation. For, for
1: better or for better or worse, this is a bad episode. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> 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 well, until the next time, take it easy. That is a joke. All
0: right, peace. Digging yeah, in Digits this is
1: produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show is speaks to games by bonus points. makes a chill music for the ability to use socials for the fifth element hip-hop by numbers bonus points and chill music will be in the full show notes as well as the names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening this has been in fifth element podcast and Production. thanks for spending time with us We wish to see you next time i'm digging in the digits